Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Stefan Schlugel, as he brings a message on a Sunday service. So Heavenly Father, we just want to commit this time to you, Lord, as we come around your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you're present by your spirit. You've graced us, Lord, with your presence once again. And we are mindful, Lord Jesus, that you said where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are right in our midst, and we want to welcome you. We welcome the Holy Spirit to be moving not only in our midst, but to also be moving in our hearts and to move across our city and across our nation. We thank you, Lord, that this is a new year. This is a fresh year. And these are the days of the latter rain. These are the days of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. We commit this time to you and ourselves in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. At that at this point in time, I'd also want to welcome our internet audience. Welcome. God bless you. We uh, are excited that you have decided to tune in, whether into that live stream right now or whether you pick up that message on demand later on. Uh, the title of my message today is Living at High Altitude. Living at High Altitude. Uh, and very shortly, you'll find out what exactly we mean by that. There is also a subtitle, and uh, the subtitle says, Rising Above the Level of the World. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I really believe that God wants to release fresh grace into our lives for living in 2021. Um, there's grace that God has for us to be living in his last days. And, uh, somehow I believe that, uh, the purpose of this message today is, uh, to encourage us in our faith and to hopefully inspire you, uh, in some areas and, <clears throat> really believe that, uh, you know, God wants to do something fresh, something new, um, and somehow we will not be starting a teaching message until we start the campaign in a couple of three weeks' time, but in the meantime, let me speak to you about living at high altitude. You know, we are at the beginning of a new year, and many people are still reeling from the stresses of last year, uh, and somehow have not fully recovered from it. And I believe somehow that God does not want us to start the year tired. He does not want us to start the year deflated uh, or discouraged, but he wants to strengthen us. God wants to impart fresh courage into us. He wants to infuse us and instill fresh hope into us and renewed vision for our lives. You know, last year has been an interesting year and people stressing out about that stupid virus and various other things. And honestly, uh, uh, that didn't bother me as much as some of the other things uh, that bothered me last year that I found quite stressful. You know, last year we had elections going on in our nation. And then in America, they had elections going on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't even live in America, but I'm burdened for this nation. And we're praying for the nation of America. And some of these things I found a bit stressful. And I talked to a minister friend of mine, and we were kind of uh, joining forces to, to, uh, to call ministers together from uh, uh, around the country and to hopefully inspire them and encourage them and to, 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 to perhaps teach them about politics and, and what I believe God expects from us uh, as ministers to disciple people in the area of politics. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I said to, to them, I said, look, I says, we might not have made many friends in this process, but I says, we might have started a revolution. Revolution. I said we might have started a revolution here. And you know, some of us have stuck out our neck a little bit further than others. But you know, if we can get all the pastors coming out of their safe little corners and to be speaking into this aspect, we can have a, a better outcome. So anyway, uh, some of that process I didn't enjoy. Uh, I found it very stressful. Uh, so that's one of my stresses from last year. But I've now laid that down. I says, I leave that into last year. This is a fresh year. This is a new year. Uh, and we're trusting God for good things for this year. Um, and uh, so I want to read to you from uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Um, this is our opening scripture. I believe that God has given me a word for you today, uh, and I believe as I'm speaking that there's an overall theme and an overall message, but I also believe that there is a specific message going on that the Holy Spirit will speak to you individually about your life, and somehow, somewhere, there is something in this message for everybody so that we can come away with a fresh revelation, we can come away with a, with a kind of a fresh, uh, a freshly, uh, you know, uh, strengthening because uh, we've got new challenges 
challenges happening this year, and we need new grace for the new challenges that we are facing. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. I know about you, but I'm already excited. Uh, okay. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, they shall walk, and they shall not faint. You know, each time I come around this scripture, you know, I don't claim to be a favorite uh, scripture Christian, uh, because really all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But this somehow really excites me every time I come around it, because there's something in there that I want to lay a hold of, and, uh, and not just at the beginning of the year, but I want to lay a hold of it every day, every moment of my life, uh, because God's given us some wonderful promises right here, and it speaks there about even the youth shall faint and be weary. You know, when we speak about youth, we speak about strength. When we talk about young men, you know, they're typically strong, but the days are here now where even young people have run out of steam and out of energy. God wants to do something supernatural, whether you're young or old. And I'm having a sense here that as I'm speaking this word today, God wants to make this work good in each and every one of our lives supernaturally by His Spirit. You might have come in weary and worn out, but when you leave, you'll be full of strength because the Spirit of God is doing something even this moment as I'm speaking the word. He wants to confirm his word with signs following. Starts out, have you not known, have you not heard? You know, many Christians don't know certain things. So he's saying, have you not heard about this? Do you not know that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor he gets weary? You know, God doesn't get tired. <laughs> and in Psalm 121, it says, it says, you know, he who, who keeps you, he doesn't slumber. In fact, he who keeps Israel, he doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. Uh, and the, the, the context there is that God is a, watch, a, a watchman who watches over us. And he doesn't want to say, oh, sorry, I slept in this morning and when something bad happened to you, I wasn't there. You know, like God never gets tired. God never gets worn out. God never sleeps in. God never sleeps. You know, God doesn't go on holiday and turn off his cell phone and say, I can't be contacted for a month. God doesn't do that. God's always there. He's always with us. He always watches over us. So, so let's start out with that because from that, God wants to do something in our lives. So we start with God and then we talk about us, what He wants to do for us and with us. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He doesn't get worn out. He doesn't get weary. Uh, he gives power to the weak. And, uh, you know, in Strong's lexicon, it talks there about to those who are fatigued. God gives strength to those who are fatigued. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about the weak in a sort of a general sense across the board, but this is specifically speaking about those who have run out of steam, who are now totally fatigued. As I say, I found last year, you know, parts of it sort of quite, uh, quite draining and, and everything else, but, you know, like I'm just, uh, I'm just getting ready to receive the last, uh, the last impartation of God's Spirit, and then, you know, as David said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You know, supernatural strength uh, for these days that we're living in. He increases the strength of those who have no might. You know, it's like uh, New King James Version, just using various words for the same thing. It's talking about the weak and talking about those uh, whom he wants to strengthen. And there's weakness, but God has strength for our weaknesses. God wants to do something for us right here, right now, at the beginning of the year. Uh, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. There is a, a renewing of, of vigor and of strength going on. He says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. A little bit later on, I want to talk to you about eagles. When we're talking about living at high altitude, I want to talk to you about flying at high altitude. Uh, it says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. 
They shall walk and they shall not faint. You know, the tragedy is that there are many Christians, I'm not even talking about people in the world who uh, are just so, you know, uh, worn out, so many people so worn out. Uh, he says he's talking about running and he's talking about walking, but there are many Christians who are no longer running and they're no longer even walking. They're now not even hardly standing. They've sat down and they said, I can do, I can go no further. God has supernatural strength for each and every one of us. You know, there's room to stand sometimes. You know, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, whole armor of God, and then it lists the armor, and then it says, having done all to stand, stand therefore, stand your ground. Don't back down. And then in Hebrews, is chapter 12 tells us to run the race with endurance that is set before us. So running, walking, standing. This is not the time to sit down and to give up. And this is not the time to fall off of our horse. We got things to do this year. Praise God. Now, I am, of course, mindful that some of you haven't had a break and you're looking forward for a break and you should have a break. Uh, praise God. If you haven't had a holiday, you know, somewhere, you, we do have to sort of recover strength a little bit. But what I'm talking about here today, to a certain extent, I believe God wants to do something supernatural in our lives. You know, these are timeless uh, but conditional promises that are really available to anyone who wants to receive uh, these specific blessings. And uh, the key, of course, to activating these wonderful promises is those who wait upon the Lord. You know, when a, a promise is conditional, we, meet, we must find out what is the condition here that I must meet in order to get what God promises me here. And this is a conditional promise. People are not strengthened automatically. God says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings like eagles. You know, waiting upon the Lord, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is a, a somewhat a vague term, uh, but it can be a very specific term. I remember when Vanessa and I got born again, you know, we came into church life and we listened to the teaching and the preaching. They said, you know, you, they said, you, know you must wait on the Lord for that. You, you have to wait on the Lord. And, and, and then you think, okay. So you get into a time of prayer and you just wait and Wait. Well, actually, that's actually not what, it, what it's talking about. Though there is something about lingering in God's presence and, and staying there, not feeling that we need to rush off to do one thing or other. You know, each time when we come together to worship God or we worship God by ourselves during the week, it's part of waiting on the Lord. I'm actually waiting on God right now. Each time we come into a time of prayer, we're waiting on the Lord. And each time we spend time in God's Word, whether that's reading uh, the Word, whether that's listening to preaching, uh, and when we are meditating in the Word, and, and, or when we, are, when we are confessing the Word, that's part of waiting on the Lord. And it is in those moments that a, a renewal of our strength takes place. You know, it says they shall rise up with wings as eagles. In another portion of the Bible, it speaks about that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And God wants to do something in our lives here today at the beginning of the new year. Each time when we come into his presence to fellowship with him, there is a renewing of strength going on. And in fact, this morning in our prayer meeting, and I'd really encourage you to come and join us at our prayer meeting and the uh, uh, wonderful prayer meetings. And by the time we got to the end of it, I said, look, I've just, uh, just five minutes ago, I entered into the zone. I'm now in a new place. Uh, I'm, I'm in a new place now in God. It's like suddenly, you know, things have lifted off and I've shaken things off. And I'm now, I'm now in a, in a, you know, at, at a higher altitude than what I was when I came in. And I was frying pretty high when I came in, but I'm now higher than what I was before. And, and I'm, I'm trusting God that you get lifted up this morning into a higher altitude. It's a healthier place. My sister, one of my sisters and her husband bought a property up in the Swiss Alps, uh, way up high. And Vanessa um, and I have been there and we visited there and we stayed there for a while. Just a fantastic place up in the Alps there. You know, you get up in the morning, the sun's up and, uh, and everything else. And you look down into the valley and there's... 
mist down there, and they have no sunshine, but up there you have. Uh, you know, that's why they say it's a healthier place when you're living higher up, and I'm just wanting to encourage you today, spiritually, the higher we rise, the healthier we become. Healthy in our spirit, healthy in our soul, and healthy in our body. And when I first got there, my sister drove around and she says, oh, there is a sanatorium over here. Uh, you know, um, this is a sanatorium that doesn't make cereals. This is a sanatorium where worn out people come that are worn out in the valley in all the damp conditions and lack of sunshine. They bring them up into the high mountains and then let them stay there two, three weeks to, to recover and, and, and so forth. So high altitude living uh, is, is, a, is a much healthier uh, place than down in the damp uh, nasty conditions that are happening at low altitude. Um, so I'd encourage you this morning to make a commitment right now or renew your commitment. Many of you are already committed, and it's not like we're saying that we all have, you know, sometimes say, you know, we haven't done this very well, and we haven't, we failed here, we haven't done that, and I feel like saying, oh, speak for yourself. I'm doing what I can, you know. But sometimes, you know, it's good to, to make a fresh commitment. Sometimes it's good to say, look, I just want to affirm my commitment for this year that throughout 2021, I will be a worshiper of God. That when time comes to worship, I will worship, and I will worship with all of my might. When time comes to pray, I'll pray with all of my might. I'll be a man, I'll be a woman of prayer this year. And I'll be a man or a, a woman that hungers after God's Word. That no matter how much I have, it's like you, you, you never have enough. You always want more. You know, I remember times when Pastor Vanessa and I, we lined up outside buildings for hours in wintertime just to get into a meeting because we wanted to hear the Word. And uh, we've done that in this nation. We've done that in other nations, just lining up. And sometimes, you know, nowadays it's like we're in a different age. You know, churches are trying all sorts of gimmicks to get people to come through the door so that they can preach for 10 minutes before people rush out again to move on to do other things. What a tragedy. Let's just linger in God's presence and allow the power of His Spirit and the Word to do its job in our lives to empower us for fresh living in 2021. You know, seeking after God's presence daily, hourly. I remember many years ago now, many years, there's at least 30 years ago, uh, Vanessa and I still lived in Martyr, and we had some friends around uh, um, on Guy Fawkes night and uh, you know we had a lovely backyard and I was responsible for the fireworks and oh, we had a lot of fun and uh, you know you just got to watch them neighbors sometimes you know the neighbors weren't shooting the fireworks straight up they were shooting them across the fence towards us which wasn't that much fun but anyway we laughed and we had some fun and uh, and so forth and and I had a, just an amazing experience um, Got to the end of the night and said goodbye to all of our friends. Uh, kids are now in bed, and, and by the time everything calmed down, and I sensed the Spirit of God came alongside me, and, and he said, he says, you haven't thought about me all night. And I was so convicted that we had so much fun, and we left God out of the picture. And it was like a sense of, you know, when, when you get born again, and after a while when you've learned to practice the presence of God, it's like you don't think about God every, every you know, couple of days. You think about God all the time. You become aware of His presence all the time. And as I say, I was really struck by that because God wants to be included in our lives. He doesn't want us to push him out. Say, God, you, you know, you stay over there. We're just having a bit of fun here. God wants to be involved in our lives. I was down here on New Year's Day. I wasn't supposed to be, but I had some work to do. And, you know, that's a, a job that really only New Year's Day really fits. Uh, you know, running around with machinery and you know, spraying chemicals around, and, you know, the less people are around, the better it is. And just on my way down, I just thought, oh, gosh, you know, Lord, I ought not to be doing this. This is meant to be holiday time. It's the first of January. Uh, and, uh, you know, when most people are still in bed and nursing their hangover, I'm, I'm up and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I want to get this thing done today. So I'm running around. So, Lord, I, wanna, I just want to commit this day to you. And, God, I want to commit myself to you today. And, Lord, what I'm doing today, I want to do is a worship to you. 
You know, there's a specific worship where we worship God in song and we're lifting up our hands, but then we give God our day and we, whatever we do on that day, Lord, I want that to be part of my worship to you today. And so anyway, I was running around and setting up all the equipment and, uh, and, and, um, it's meant to be a two or three man job, but you know, you don't call people out on New Year's Day and, and um, you know, it's just crazy enough for me to be there. Anyway, uh, I was doing what I could and I was running around and, and uh, missed lunch and by the time afternoon came along, uh, I was getting a bit worn out and a bit weary and I thought, oh gosh, you know, I've got another couple of hours uh, at least, you know, to finish the job. It's a job, you've got to start it and you've got to finish it. You can't leave off halfway through. And I was down the alleyway and suddenly realized that presence of God came on me. And I'm used to the presence of God. Like, you know, sometimes when God sort of comes near and he touches me and I can physically feel the presence of God. And, and sometimes when somebody's praying for me, that's, that's many times when that happens. I think, oh, gosh, somebody's praying for me right now. And, uh, but that was different. That was different. And I went home and I said to Vanessa, I said, that was different today because the presence of God didn't just come and, and, and sort of, you know, like, like, you know, and leave off again and, and pull back. But God just wanted me to know that, that he was there. And, and even though most people were still <laughs> away and everything, God says, oh, I'm with you. And I'm finding, you know, sometimes when the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I find the more I draw near to him, God draws near to me. And sometimes at all times. And I'm saying, God, I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. And the Spirit of God is like, is like sorry, I'm, words fail to describe them. It's like the Spirit of God is sitting on me. Uh, and it wasn't as much a, a burden, but I sensed the presence of God. And God wouldn't go away. And uh, I thought, this is different. This is different, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, right now I should be bringing out my pad to write down Revelation because God wants to speak to me. But I said, God, I'm busy. I need to finish the job here. And, uh, but I just believe God just wanted, wanted to let me know that he was there. Yeah. And, 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 and as I said, what was unusual about it is it's, it's an uncommon. You know, there's common experiences, and people say, well, what does it feel like? Is it like pins and needles? Uh, well, that hardly describes what we're talking about. It's like pins and needles times a thousand. You know, like it's like, whoa, God's here, you know. I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, and I'm carrying on, and I'm moving over here, and God doesn't leave me, and like, God, you know, I'm okay, but <laughs> anyway, just an unusual experience, and I, I just sensed that God was doing something right there uh, in me and, and on me. You know, sometimes we're talking about the Spirit of God rising up, the Spirit within and the Spirit upon, and, and something happened as the Spirit of God came on me, and I can't always figure it out, what God does and, and everything else, and nor do I have to, but I'm just wanting to encourage you that in that moment, as I say, I was worn out, and, and I was doing a three-man job by myself, trying to squish it all in into that one window of opportunity, and the rest of it was like a breeze. Not only did God strengthen me spiritually, but I had a real infusion of the strength of God into my soul, into the feeling part of me, uh, and into my mental capacity. And then I had an infusion of the Spirit of God into my physical being, that God can strengthen you every which way, in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. So be a true worship of God this year. Be a, a man or a woman of prayer. Let's be people that hunger after God's word. And uh, let's seek his presence often, daily and even hourly, learning to walk around and being conscious of his presence because, man, will we need the presence of God this year. Some of you thought last year was tough. <laughs> There's stuff coming this year, and I'm not like, you know, trying to preach to you a message of doom and gloom, but we are in the last days. You know, the world's going to get worse, just what it is. But the people of God can rise above all of that and uh, absolutely uh, have the strength of God flowing into our lives day by day. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. Again, that's another 
scripture passage here that really spins my wheels. Uh, that refreshing coming from the presence of the Lord. You know, we get somewhat refreshed when we take time off, and so we should. You know, we need to go with the ebbs and the flows of life. You know, tension and then release, and then tension and release. We need to go with all of that. But after a while, more time taken off is not going to help you anymore. You know, there comes a time when we need God to get involved in our lives. And I said to Vanessa that after we uh, finished our holiday and I suppose such is the nature of it. I said to her, look, I, says, I reckon I could do it another week or two of time off. And isn't that what we sometimes feel like, oh gosh, back to work. But anyway, you pick yourself up and you get into it and suddenly, you know, there is a strength that begins to flow. And uh, so, as I say, I encourage you, if you haven't had time off, that somewhere in your, you know, in your workings with your employment, whatever your responsibilities are, that you get some time off. But let me tell you this, you know, <laughs> People that never do anything all year long, a lot of them are tired all the time. And so more rest physically is not going to do what, you know, sometimes we expect it to do. We need God to strengthen us. See, those who find their way into God's presence, they're strengthened and they are revived. And God's presence, it's an amazing thing. You know, sometimes you get three people next to each other. Two of them are in the presence of God and one's not. You think, well, it's all in the same place. It's not as much a geo geographical thing as it is that those who are pressing in enter His presence. Enter His presence. And one of the reasons why we do praise and worship at the front end of our time together is to help people to enter into the presence of God, so everything becomes easier thereafter. And so that, you know, in terms of preaching the word, we're in a zone, we're in a place in God. Refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. I want to come back again to Isaiah 40, verse 28. And uh, it's just wonderful to have uh, the children with us in our service this morning until, you know, the children's services started up again. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to preach long today. I might only be going for about an hour and 45 minutes. We'll be out of here soon. You know, I'm, I'm just having fun with you. We'll be done very shortly. <laughs> Isaiah 40 verse 28, those who wait on the Lord, they shall re renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. This is not going to be an eagle sermon here today, but eagles are exciting uh, birds. They're just amazing things. You know, eagles, they say, that some of them have got a, a wingspan of two and a half meters. They're just amazing. And, uh, you know, you don't see a... a, 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 a you don't see an eagle struggling, you know, up in the air to stay in the air and flapping like wings like sometimes chickens do. Chickens are struggling to fly from here to there, but the wing, you know, the eagle just stretches out its wings. It does a couple of flaps and it becomes airborne and then it's looking for the updrafts and for the currents and it'll just soar and it'll get higher and higher and higher. They talk about the eyesight of eagles, that they're way up high, so high that you can't almost see them. And they can see a little mouse in the field from that distance. They're just amazing things. You know, chickens on the ground, they hardly know what's going on around the corner. But we talk about a bird's eye view. The eagle knows everything that's going on. And I believe that God wants us to be eagle Christians. I believe that God wants us to rise up with wings as eagles. And, uh, you know, it's been said that somebody said once that Christians can either scratch with the chickens or fly with the eagles. And I grew up around chickens. You know, I must tell you, uh, chickens are wonderful for laying eggs and fantastic for a Sunday roast, but they're not the smartest of animals, uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, and, uh, and I'm by not inferring that some Christians are not smart. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, as a preacher, certain things you get away with, but certain things you don't get away with, and that would be one thing that I would not get away with. But, uh, but chickens are not very smart. Um, and, uh, but eagles, uh, eagles are just amazing creatures. Uh, and I would, you know, it's been said that eagles, when a storm comes or when a storm rages, eagles are not affected by the storm because the harder the storm rages, the more it rages, the eagle just flies higher and higher and soars higher. It'll just, it'll just wait out the storm. And, and eagles don't have to flap to stay in the air. They just lock their wings into position and they just soar around. And they're not even tiring because they're just soaring around. They're just amazing, amazing things. And here's the deal. The higher the eagle flies, the calmer it gets. 
You know, the chickens are uh, scurrying around and trying to figure out how to get away from the storm, but the, the, the eagle is just up there. You know, the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. God wants us to rise up above the level of the world. So don't be a chicken Christian scratching around in the dirt with other Christians. Let's soar with the eagles. God has a place for you and me in 2021 that is above the storms of this life. That in the eye of the storm, we can have peace. We can have joy. We know that by the Spirit of God, supernaturally, we are not affected by what's going on in the world. And as I say, I'm now in a place now in terms of, uh, you know, I turn on the news and then what do you hear? Um, corona. Corona. Uh, and vaccine, and then click, I've already had enough. I've, I've reached saturation point. I'm now beyond that, friends. I just, uh, I, and faith comes by hearing. And one of the reasons why so many Christians are so fearful because they keep on listening to that nonsense that gets dished up over and over and over and over. I mean, nowadays you've got to look to find good news. You really have to look for it. It doesn't come in the conventional places. You really have to, you know, look for it. But there is some very uh, wonderful news uh, uh, places uh, that we can listen to that is encouraging. It's informative. It's actually news rather than a lot of opinions and other stuff that gets thrown at us. So I've decided to soar above all of that now and say, no more, just click. Uh, I don't need that. I don't need that. So the higher the eagle flies, the calmer it gets. As I said earlier on, the place where my sister lived, she's subsequently sold up and moved back down into the city now, back into the fog. <laughs> but, you know, high altitude living is healthy living. Um, they know that, uh, you know, they, they talk about damp conditions. Uh, they're even talking about New Zealand with healthy homes and everything else. Damp conditions are not good. And, you know, there's a correlation in the realm of the spirit when Christians are just scratching around in the dirt with other Christians and pickering and picking at one another and everything. It's not a healthy place. Friends, it's not a healthy place. Let's rise above that. I remember uh, a couple of commercial flights that I was on uh, um, that kind of describes what we are talking about. I remember Vanessa and I were on a transatlantic flight from Europe to America. Uh, we've been to Europe. We probably visited family there. We moved on to America and uh, uh, probably get to, you know, get to some places of ministry there or get to a conference or something. And by the time we were up in the air and the flight was pretty smooth until we made landfall in America uh, and we entered the American airspace above the area where, you know, Newfoundland is, uh, off the coast of um, Canada there, I suppose. And suddenly it got very bumpy and very turbulent. In fact, so much so that, you know, I can handle a few things, but it's like, gosh, you know, this is not good. This is not good. For this, we remember that that was one of the worst flights that we've been on. And uh, we've had some turbulence, but this just stood out. It was just turbulent. Uh, I remember going out with a friend of mine on the boat, um, up in the Bay of, uh, Bay of Plenty, and, uh, and we were up in this boat, and the waves were going, and this, the skipper of the boat just jumped from the top of one wave to another, and just that, that battering going on, and that wasn't comfortable either, and, and the flight felt like that. It was like bouncing from one thing to the next, and we were sitting in the tail of the, in the back end of the plane, getting tossed around. It was just very uncomfortable. So, you know, the captain comes on the intercom, and he says, oh, ladies and gentlemen, he says, as you have felt by now, we are in rather a turbulent uh, uh, situation right now. We have communicated with the towers that they let us change altitude to get into calmer uh, areas, but it, it says, we're not allowed to. It says, the, the sky over America is chocolate. There's just planes everywhere. So we, if we stay in this thing, we're going to be safe, but it'll just be uncomfortable. So uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we just have to put up with it for a while. And uh, we went on and on. It just, it just sta stayed there for a while. A very turbulent, but here's the deal. You see, captains know that if they go into a turbulent situation, they usually just rise up higher and just get a little bit higher, and then it gets calmer, and then everything is smooth again. I remember one flight from, uh, back from uh, uh, Australia to New Zealand, and man, uh, it was unexpected, because I know that the uh, flight at, uh, attendants, they didn't expect it either. You know, we became airborne, probably left Sydney or Brisbane, whatever it was, I forget now, and we are flying back home to New Zealand, you know, they're coming out with their trolleys, and uh, 
pushing that trolley around to serve the meal and everything. And next minute, there's the ding, ding, you know, seatbelts on. And, 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 and then there was something else happened. And, you know, these flight attendants looked at each other. They never started serving. They pushed their little trolleys away and buckled themselves in. And, oh, sure enough, man, did we fly into another situation there? And I remember, you know, Vanessa wasn't, we were praying, but she wasn't praying quietly anymore. She was going, Sanda Rabasaya Rabahanda. She's like into it, and I'm praying a bit more subdued, but she's into it, you know. It's okay, you know. People think, oh, she's probably from, from, from uh, Lithuania or somewhere, you know. She's probably speaking a European language or something. They didn't know it was tongues. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know why the captain didn't... didn't uh, I don't know why I'm telling you about flights, but, you know, it could have changed the altitude to find, you know, calmer, calmer skies. But that's how it is, friends. Uh, if life is particularly turbulent, you might have to just rise up a little higher. You know, just get into higher, higher altitudes. A friend of mine, when we were having a little fun and a little jostling around a little bit and, you know, pushing and nudging a little bit. And sometimes I do that with some of my minister friends just to have a bit of fun. And, you know, and I sort of almost offend the man. And say, look, he says, I'm taking the higher road. I'm not even answering that. Uh, and, you know, it's, again, speaking of altitude, rather than, oh, revenge, let's get into it and let's, let's scrap it out. He said, no, we're going to take the higher road. One year, I remember, uh, there was a volcanic eruption somewhere and it messed up the higher altitudes uh, in this particular instance. And I was flying from New Zealand uh, to Europe, and I was on a flight from New Zealand to Hong Kong. And uh, they said, look, uh, at the beginning, they said, ladies and gentlemen, we will have to fly at a lower altitude. And planes uh, you know, of that size usually fly at, what, 40,000 feet, uh, 12,000 meters, something like that. So we've got to fly at more like seven, 8,000 um, uh, meters because the upper atmosphere has been messed up with the fallout of that volcanic eruption and there's, you know, there's grit floating around up there so we have to fly, fly lower. That was the bumpiest flight. Like, you know, you get into bumpy things but that was bumpy all the way. I'm talking about eight, nine hours getting tossed around. That was one of the most uncomfortable flights that I've ever been on in my whole life. And the point is this, friend. If your life has been particularly turbulent and bumpy in the last while, try a higher altitude if you can. If you can get up, just try a higher altitude. We will rise above a lot of the things of this world this year. We will rise high. We will not scratch with the chickens no longer. We will no longer, uh, you know, uh, allow ourselves to be picked at or picking at others and so forth. We're just beyond that, friends. Uh, you know, uh, if I can give you some examples here of low-altitude living, seeing we're using that example here, low-altitude living is judging others or gossiping or complaining. This is, this is chicken stuff. You know, mature Christians rise above all of that. You know, when sometimes young Christians are still unlearning some of that. You know, the renewing of the mind hasn't taken place. You, go, you, go, you, you be patient with them. But when somebody's been a Christian for jolly 15 years and they're still judging everybody, still gossiping about everybody, still complaining all the time, you know, you've got a spiritual baby on your hand. You've got a, you've got a chicken Christian, a low altitude. I need to call them a flyer. They're not flyer, they're scratchers, just scratching around. Paul the Apostle speaking to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. He says, For I am fearful that somehow or other I may come and find you not as I desire to find you, and that you too may find me not as you want to find me, that perhaps there may be factions, quarreling, jealousy, temper, wrath, intrigues, rivalry, divided loyalties, selfishness, whispering, gossip, arrogance, self-assertion, and disorder among you. Paul talked about visiting the Corinthian church again, but he says, guys, when I get there, if nothing changes, you won't like it. I won't like it. I'll find you the way I don't want to find you, and, and you will find me the way I don't want to be found, he says. Let's rise above all of that. The reality is that the Corinthian believers, by and large, were living at low altitude. There was infighting. There was picking at one another. There was selfishness. You know, it's their selfishness that weighed them down, and they couldn't rise to a higher altitude. Because if you want to fly high, you've got to offload some weight. You know, you've got to lay down, laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets and rising 
above all of that. Very quickly now, there's a quote here from Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, she was the uh, wife uh, of uh, President Roosevelt uh, during the Second World War, and Eleanor said this. She says, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. I know about you. I've, I've always been challenged by that. And sometimes I think about this, and when I talk with people, you know, sometimes you, you end up talking about people because you have to, and you know, how so-and-so doing? You know, that's okay. But, you know, if, but get amongst people. All they do is talk about people, and it's always in a negative, always going around the same negativity. You know, I had an auntie like that. Just each time she come and visit, what she talk about? Other people, just gossiping all the time. Uh, she was, uh, I knew her as the gossiping auntie. It's just a disaster. It's rising above. Let's talk about other things. You know, let's talk about ideas. Let's talk about concepts. I love talking about isms because there's something in a lot of these, uh, you know, isms and, and philosophies and, and political uh, persuasions and different things. Ah, that spins my wheels and still you end up talking about people. But as I say, I, I haven't quite reached a, the, the level of a great mind only, but I'm trying to get above a lot of that. And I'm encouraging you, let's rise to a higher level than where we have flown at in the past. You know, there's some examples of High altitude living, saying we've already talked about the low altitude stuff. Let's talk about the high altitude stuff. And it's really just three, three points. It's not everything there is, but just three. And I like them because they all start with F. All right. I mean, I'm not a poet, but sometimes when things line up for me, I get quite excited because, as I say, it's against my, my sort of general makeup. But here we go. Forgiving, forgetting, and forbearance. You know, when you learn to forgive people and learn to forgive yourself... You've risen up uh, by about a thousand feet right there. It lifts you above stuff that, you know, some people are always bumping into others and, 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 or just, you know, just low level. But when you forgive people and when you forgive yourself, that will offload some weights and immediately like, whew, the updrafts will take you to a higher place. It's calmer up there. It's healthier. Forgetting past disappointments, hurts, and setbacks. And sometimes some terrible things have happened in people's lives. And, you know, tragic things. And sometimes people are reeling for years. And sometimes, you know, if they want to need to tell somebody again just to, to get over it. But when somebody rehashes the same thing over and over and over, how people have mistreated them and misunderstood them and hurt them. And this and then you say, oh, how long ago did that take place? Oh, 35 years ago. And who were they? Oh, it's my parents. Where, where are they now? They've died. People have died and you're still walking in unforgiveness towards them. And you, you, I'd encourage you at a certain point, deal with it and learn to forget. I've sort of found that I forget things, and sometimes it comes back to me again, and then I need to forget all over again. How many of you have ever found that? Something, comes, something came back to me the other day from my teenage years. Like, oh, that's teenage years. I'm now in my early 60s. Why is that coming up now? And uh, anyway, I'm feeling good about my age. I'm 63, and I tell you, I can run through a troop or leap over a wall. I'm like David of old, uh, uh, just the strength of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sometimes it amazes me what I can do. And I'm not about to let up. <laughs> Past disappointments, hurts, and setbacks, we forget those. And then forbearance. Forbearance is a funny word. Uh, the NIV translation speaks about here the fruit of the Spirit, and it uses that word. It says, verse 22 of Galatians 5, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Each time when we develop one of the fruit of the Spirit, it lifts us into a higher level. Forbearance is another word for long-suffering and, uh, and patience, but not just patiently waiting, but endurance. The Bible says, let us so run the race with endurance. And then sometimes, you know, being patient with people. And uh, the Bible speaks about God's forbearance. And it speaks about when they translate it into more common English, they speak about that God has a slowness to avenge. God is slow. He, he doesn't like somebody does something wrong and God strikes them down. God is slow. He is, he's a forbearing God and he wants us to be like that too. 
And you know, I've said this before, but sometimes people that are forever, you know, pecking at you and forever, you know, uh, whoever they are, sometimes it's friends. Maybe you might have to create a little distance between you and them. You know, sometimes uh, we don't judge people, but I, I look at certain people and I, I have a certain, uh, you know, a process of working out who they are. And if they fit the Bible description of a fool, I don't want to spend much time with them. Because the Bible says don't spend time with fools lest you become like them. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. So it's not like we can't, you know, look at people and sort of, you know... Uh, for want of a better word, size them up. Uh, but when, when I get around people and they, they just criticize all the time, they just pull others down all the time, not, uh, look, I'm, I'm busy, I've got other things to do. So I call it creating a little distance. It's a bit harder when they're your relatives, but you know, still, it's amazing what you can do, even with relatives. Just a bit of distance. You know, mature Christians have learned to live by the Word of God rather than by their feelings. We don't become, you know, we become, from, from feeling Christians, we become word Christians. We do this in this situation because that's what the word tells us to do. We don't do things because we feel like it. We do it because the word says so. We become word people. And we're led not by our anger or by our frustration, but we're led by the Spirit of God. And we have developed sufficient self-control that the flesh no longer exercises control over us. But the spirit, the born-again recreated spirit on the inside of us has risen up. And it's from that place that we rule our own lives. And it's possible. It can be done. You know, very quickly as we get ready to wind down in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus was teaching the people. Um, and he says in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Friends, let's not us be walking on the, on the way towards destruction. Let's us be walking on the way towards life. And you know, here, um, uh, he says, many there are who go by it. So that immediately lets me know that I must not be a crowd anymore. I must not be running with over the crowds. Don't do what the many do, Jesus says. Do what the few do. Because what the many do is easy. You know, wide's the gate. And, 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 and it's just one, the masses of people running in this direction and don't really realize that they're headed towards destruction. But he says, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. We have to seek for that place. We have to search for it. He says, few there are who find it. You know, the gate is salvation through Jesus Christ. Notice he mentions one gate. He doesn't say there are many gates. You know, people say, oh, you know, there's many. All roads lead to Rome, you know, many ways. No, no, no. The Bible says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's only the name of Jesus Christ. There is salvation in none other. And that's the gate. But once we are inside the gate, so to speak, we still have to find the way. And, you know, you, you can get Christians who have gone in through the gate but they're still walking on the world's way towards destruction. He says, no, 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 no. He says, difficult is the way that leads to life. And it's not, he's not saying it's impossible, but, you know, there's some effort required on us. And we have to just be sure and check and double check. Am I on the right path here? And what does all of this mean? Because I want to end up. You know, I was looking at some commentaries on this uh, passage of scripture there and one commentator pointed out that uh, the tragedy of this thing here is that destruction for many people doesn't really set in until the end or towards the end of their life that's when destruction suddenly kicks in and others be saying gosh you know such people live such terrible lives and how come they're still alive how come they're still you know being able to go about well destruction will come 
there will be a day of reckoning just because they've been lulled into a false sense of security, that they've been lying, they've been cheating, they've been ripping people off, and they've been living on, on, you know, on the purse of other people or whatever people do, but a day of reckoning is always coming. You know, God is a God of love, but God's also a judge. And if you're born again and filled with God's Spirit and living on the right path, the Bible says that uh, we have passed from judgment into life already. We're not afraid of judgment no more because we've already passed over that. But for the world, judgment is coming. That's why this year again, we're doing what we can to reach out to lost people. People must be born again, otherwise they will not see the kingdom of heaven. So don't do what the many do. Do what the few do. You know, the way that Jesus speaks about here is to live by faith and by God's word. You know, Pastor Vanessa and I got born again some 40-odd years ago and we got into ministry some 30-odd years ago and we've learned about faith and yet still we are still learning about faith. We, we haven't arrived. And just as soon as you, you think you got it all, you need to hear it again because things can wane. And what we're doing in the upcoming campaign, we're going to get right into this journey. We're going to learn about that way of walking by faith and not by sight. For some of you, it'll be purely a reminder and a refresher and make sure that you're pumping at all cylinders. Uh, but for others of you, it'll be a brand new walk. You've never heard anything like this before. But I'm promising you, if you engage in the process, you get into those uh, seven, eight Sunday services and, and you get into the small groups and you get into the studies and everything we're doing, by the time you come out the other side, you would have been lifting thousands of feet above flying where you've flown at before. And if you learn how to do it, you will maintain that altitude. Very quickly, as we close, be sure to have sorted out your priorities for 2021. You know, one thing is sure, we can't do everything. Uh, we just can't do everything. Uh, we, we have to prioritize. There are certain things that we must do in 2021. They're non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. There's other things that we should do in 2021. And there are certain things that we might wish we could do, but certain things, you know, that we will not do because we may not have the time nor the energy because by the time we've done what we must do, and what we should do, there may not be all that much time for, I wish I could this, I wish I could do that. Don't make the wish things your main priority. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's put God first again this year. 2021, we're all out for Jesus. And we're going hard out for Jesus. We will absolutely, people say, do I have to be in church every Sunday? I put it back on you. Do you need the presence of God every Sunday? They say, oh, do I really have to, to listen? You know, if I miss a Sunday, listen, go, go online and listen to the verbal. Do you need fresh manna on that particular day for that particular week? I put it back on you. You know, let's not be sitting down, as it were, and even if we are standing, but let's walk and let's run for Jesus this year. God wants to do something in our lives. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.